go about breaking down this yeah. episode. And we're going to have to be even more impatient because on, there is no going new episode next week. how we have done the past few episodes. Nothing. This Which, one, it felt a lot I know, even though it comes on on a Tuesday, I guess because it's a holiday week. Cares holiday weekend, long weekend characters. for Memorial Day. You know, they're not airing a new episode next um, week. That just so seemed like the most logical way. I am very way. sad. You know, a lot of <laughs> at least it's not like at least it's not like a month episode? or whatever. No, like really big when Riverdale as well as, like, went on. You know, sometimes when Riverdale or other shows go on hiatus, it's like that's what we're going to get. Or like whenever the hundred is not playing, and then it's like a year. This week we're both. So episodes, we don't have to wait that long, but the still, kind of got in the routine with from point five whole episodes B, in get a row. This character, to me, this character just setting up a bunch of stuff for whatever big plot points are going to happen mid-season. Yeah, agreed. Um, the last two episodes, I'm always going to be comparing, I think, all of the episodes this season to the first three because they were just so good. I'm not sure if that's yeah. fair, but that's kind of what I'm doing um, I think I like this one better than last week. I don't know. They're still all good. This is still a really solid season so far. And it's really hard to believe that we're already five episodes into this season. I kind of yeah. can't believe it. It's flown by really quickly. We're about a third of the way through this season. Because 13 episodes, we think. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really curious... I'm actually yeah, starting to think about the end of this season already, like how they're going to end it. But I'm really enjoying it, like you said. I just enjoy each individual episode. And yeah, the first three were probably the strongest. But honestly, these last two episodes were stronger than a lot of season four, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. I think most episodes from any other season are stronger than season four, which actually sounds really bad. <laughs> season four had some really it good episodes. It was episodes. good. It was just slow and the whole season was like a bridge episode <laughs> yes agreed so enough um hating on season four why don't um jessica why don't you start us off today we're gonna start with kane and abby yeah so well first off i have to say that you were right about abby and her addiction to the pills and how bad that is right now um but also interesting um I'm interested to see the backstory, how that started, um, which we could probably guess how it started, but I don't know. I'm really interested to see more backstory in the bunker. But um, besides that, I'm also wondering where they're going to go with the sort of what's wrong with the prisoners. Like, I want to call it a sickness, but I'm not exactly sure if that's correct. Um, I'm a little confused on what it is exactly. I don't think we're really supposed to know that much right now, but... um, but yeah, Abby figured out the diagnosis pretty quickly. Like, what was it? The spots on the brain? Is that what that was? I'm actually going to look it up right now because I feel like that's something that we do need. And yeah, she had some, for us, some pretty high-tech equipment that she was able to yeah. use. <laughs> um, and then definitely had an interesting encounter with that one she guy. Was creepy. Who I guess has psychopathic tendencies yeah super creepy he looked really familiar too i need to look up that actor i know i've seen him in things he does kind of look familiar he kind of reminded me of the Mm -hmm. guy he kind of reminded me of the guy from the flash the professor guy i know they're not the same person the the sociopathic guy was i mean i don't know i the flash comes on before the hundred so i end up watching like the back half of the flash episode before the hundred comes on 
Um, and so that's kind of why I guess he looked familiar to me. And it's just like two big, tall white guys with glasses. Wow. That's really okay. What I was going for as far as they look familiar. Yeah, and then it was really creepy whenever Dio said she didn't even have to turn around, but she told him like, put down the scalpel. And yeah, that I really actually loved that moment because it was like a, one little thing that showed how unhinged he is and how used to it she's gotten already. And then it was, of course, revealed that McCreary is sick. Yeah. As well. Which I'm not sure any of this is particularly no. <laughs> sad about. But um, I'm liking Diosa more each episode, though, I find. Even though we don't know much about her, I think she's interesting. She is super interesting. Um, I feel like at the end of the episode, she kind of came to a realization in a way where... I don't know, not really that she needed to reconcile with, I guess we can call them the 100 or one crew or, you know, whatever we want to call them, (laughs) the kids. Not really that she felt like she wanted to reconcile with them, but she kind of conceded to Kane that she needed to do a better job in mm-hmm. understanding them. I think before it was just like, us versus them, we just need to exterminate them. It doesn't matter who they are. And, um, yeah, coming to that, kind of yeah. realizing that Kane yeah, was Yeah, that right. whole meeting was actually one of my favorite parts of the episode, Kane and Diosa talking. Kane's always been sort of like the ambassador for the arc or... Um, like you said, like the hundred, one crew or whatever, but, um, he's very diplomatic, but, um, it was kind of an interesting, I need to rewatch it because it was an interesting dynamic and I'm not sure what I think of it yet, but, um, I'm liking their interactions, but did you notice it was, I don't know, I found it a little strange whenever she said, uh, like you and your wife or your wife will get this. And he purposefully said, uh, (laughs) hashtag married, but, um, He purposefully said that Abby's not my wife, and she was like, huh. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to take about that. I'm like, are they going to try to... Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh That was super weird. It was like... It was like some... It makes me nervous. I don't know. Like, Kane clearly loves Abby, but then it was like he said, oh, she's not my wife, which I don't know if that's, like, some weird arc thing. Like, we are so far in the future, we're, like, beyond... I didn't think of that. ...marriage or whatever. Like, we're just, like, a commitment or whatever. Or if Kane is, like, really feeling, a, a like, a serious rift in between him and Abby, especially because she won't I give think, up the like, pills... Or if none of that is true and it's just one-sided where, like, it's just Dioza is kind of, like, eyeing him in a weird way. Like, almost, like, Dioza seems like she feels like she is so far above, and honestly, she kind of is so far above everybody else Mm -hmm. that is on the ship with her that maybe Kane is kind of like the first quote-unquote equal that yeah. she is. I can see that. Like, so the last far. option is kind of more where I was leaning, and I really didn't think Kane meant anything by it. Like, oh, she's not my wife. I think he was just clarifying, like, you know. Yeah. It was just an offhand comment, and then Dios was like, huh. <laughs> Interesting. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why he would even, like, say that. Like, why not yeah. just let her assume that they're married? Like, 
does it matter? Like, apparently it mattered, the fact that they're not married mattered enough Mm. to him to, like, mention that they weren't. I just thought, I was like, and I just feel, I don't know. I don't know if that line was met, was written more for Kane's sake Something or for Dio's sake or both. Yeah. I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you're not going to put a line in there like that if it doesn't mean something for one of the characters. So I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Something to watch, Yeah, it was really definitely. strange. And her kind of, like, meditation <laughs> that she was, like, doing, like, on the side of this mountain. Um... And then I thought it was funny, like, watching the Allegis crew, like, the juxtaposition between, like, them <laughs> and the setting that they're in. Like, how beautiful and, like, hippie and, like, colorful, You're right. like, everything is in the valley. And then, like, you have these guys in, like, ripped up, like, wife beater tank tops and they're, like, lifting weights and, like listening to yeah, that headbanger is. music. I do want to rewatch this episode. I think there are things I missed. Yeah, and you see, like, Diozo walking around in it. It's like, I felt like, is this really what? She's looking around, and you could almost, like, see it going through her head. It's like, <laughs> this is my life now. Like, this is what I fought so hard to achieve, and I killed all of those other people so that I can yeah. live with these meatheads for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was like, you're really regretting that decision, aren't you? That's why you want Kane on your side is because he's, like, the only sensible person uh, within miles here. Abby doesn't hurts. count because Abby's a drug I addict I think Clark now. doesn't realize it yet, but go ahead. Oh, and then one other thing. Kane mentions that there are others. So we talked about, like, didn't Abby train other doctors? And Kane's like, there's others. He's kind of, like, arguing for, like, don't kill all of the other ones because, like, there's engineers and there's other doctors and healers. So, according to Kane, anyway, there are at least other people that maybe Abby trained while they were underground. So that kind of answers that question. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I'm sure Jackson was training under her as well. So I'm sure he has a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, I completely He's still alive, Jackson. though. <laughs> Jackson is kind of forgettable sometimes. When he's not, like, stabbing no. you. Yeah. He's sweet, when he's though. Not stabbing I don't know. You I always back, liked his He's character. forgettable. That was mean. That was mean of me to say, but it was, like, the only times he ever stands out to me is when he's doing something wrong. Yeah. So, um, do we want to talk about... We didn't get to see Raven and Murphy get taken. It's like the prisoners woke up, and then all of a sudden they're now... I don't know, and then Diosa and them got them? I guess, I feel like that's a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, they played a space taxi, and everybody's back on the ground now, which is not as quick, I mean, it's a lot quicker, what I meant to say is, it's a lot quicker than I think we anticipated, especially after that whole, like, You're right. son of a yeah. line from and, um, Murphy when they were up in space. We got a Raven Shaw meeting. Trapped. Like, everything's happening really fast this season. Like, when you think, you know, typically, trope-wise, the way television is written, they set up a storyline and it's usually to happen, but in The 100, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, we don't want to spend time here. We have more important things to talk about. <laughs> But yeah, Raven and Shaw, um, they got to meet. So what did you think of that? Uh, 
I thought it was good. I like... I mean, Lindsay Morgan just did mm-hmm. a really good job. So they're torturing her because they think that she disabled the missiles on the ship. And she did a really great job selling that. And then McCreary was just so incredibly cruel to her. Like, as soon as he brought over the water bottle to her <laughs> when she was on the ground and, like, gave her something to drink. I was like, don't do it! Like, he's gonna pour water all over you! And what did he do? He poured water all over her, and you're like... And it was such a... Like, he's so despicable, but in such a delicious way, where he was like, do you know what happens when I turn this (laughs) on and you're soaking wet? And he's like, yeah, I don't know either. We can find out. I was like, that is so evil, but that was such a great line. (laughs) Like... Great, great, great evil yeah. lines. So that was horrible. I'm glad that we didn't actually find out what happens when you're wet and they turn the collars on. And then they yeah. bring in Murphy, which, again, just, like, further complicates. So, okay, this episode just keeps evil complicating plan. the ship thing, which I think is Jason Rothenberg's whole game plan here. So, like, you have... Yeah, you've got, like, Raven and Shaw in the same room, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're in the same room! And then they bring Murphy in, and Raven's like, ah, no! And, you know, because they threatened to kill Murphy. And, I don't know, they just have this, like, weird thing going... I don't think that anybody was making eyes at each other, but, like, if you are already shipping one or the other or both, like me, like, I'm kind of, like, straddling the line, but I'm just trying to, like, hedge my bets to see which way the tree is going to fall... Um, it just, like, made things really complicated. So they bring Murphy in to torture him, and Shaw multiple times is begging McCreary to just let them, to leave him alone. And I don't, like, McCreary's got to be an idiot to be, like, I don't know. It just seemed, like, really dumb. Like, he's begging to be alone with her. Like, why would I do that? This is the... Like, he is clearly the only decent person on this ship. Like, you know, semi-decent person that's on this ship, and I'm going to leave him alone with the person that we're taking prisoner. I feel like, on McCreary's part, it wasn't super smart. But how surprised were you to find out that... Yeah, I was surprised, yet it immediately made sense, thinking back to the scene where he said, you know, Raven turned it off. I'm like, oh, okay, I can totally see it now. But I'm confused by mm-hmm. Shaw's character. I think ultimately, well, for one, he has a lot of pull on that ship. Like you said, like, Mercury, though it seemed like a dumb move, he left him alone because Shaw essentially is second in command. I mean, he he's not one of them, but he does pull a lot of weight. Um, I'm still a little unclear as to why, except for that he's the pilot. I'm guessing that's why. But, um... yeah. I think Mm -hmm. he's just the, yeah, I think he's just the only one that is not disposable. I think everybody else is disposable. Like, McCreary's disposable. I think McCreary is more Dioza's second, but I guess only because of charisma and loyalty, but I don't even, I I don't know, like, (laughs) that's how leaders come about, you know, like, we can talk about things that literally are happening in our country right now, but I'm not going to go there, you know, like... I don't know, like, um, but I think it's just because Shaw is literally, like, the only one that is is not disposable, because if you kill him, then you really, you have no way of even accessing the missiles in the first place, being able to operate the ship, 
there's just so many things that they can't do. So they have to be willing to give up Allegis, like the ship and all that that involves, at least until Mm. or unless they can recruit people from one crew, which potentially Mm -hmm. would be able to fly or engineer or operate those things. I don't know. That that's maybe that's in the interesting future, because um, as far as just like Allegis goes, he's Imori the only one who can't get rid of. As a pilot, like they made a big deal of that, and I'm curious. I don't know. They could now that you mentioned that she could be recruited yeah. to help them, or she helps them for another ulterior motive or reason. Um, though she seems very loyal to her little ba- family, but now that they're on the ground, all bets are off, and you know things mm-hmm. happen. People break. And, um, I don't know, that's an interesting thought there. But, um, but just back to Shaw really quickly, what do you think, like, he, I think he's ultimately a good guy, but I feel like there's something else going on. He kind of was a little slippery this episode, but I ultimately think he's on, like, the hundreds side, if we can call it that. Um, what do you think of him? I wouldn't say he's on the hundred side. I don't think he's like an altruist. I think he's just like one of the only mm-hmm. enlightened ones that is that knows like we cannot be mass murdering. If we do that, then we are all dead. And I think he's the only one of the only people that realizes that. And so I think that's where that's coming from. I think, like, he has a survival mm-hmm. instinct, but it's not just, like... It's not like Murphy, where most of the time it's just, like, an mm-hmm. individual or, like, me and Amori. Our survival instinct, I think Shaw is thinking long-term. I think that... He, I think he's able to kind of look far ahead and see, like, if my... If this group that I'm no. with keeps operating this way, then we're all going to die. And I think, also, he doesn't really like them, <laughs> You know, they treat him like crap. I think, like, you know, he wasn't one of them because he's not a criminal. Um, And they're only keeping him around because he's not disposable. So I wouldn't say he's like, you guys are the good guys and these guys are the bad guys. I think, I'm not sure if that's what he thinks. But he, you know, and he was the one that was like, well, when they were getting shot at by Clark, he's like, yeah, they're only shooting at us because, like, we land in here and we have all these guns. Like, we took this valley first. So... I don't know if it's just, like, he is, like, moral good, but... And, um, which is kind of where Kane and where Bellamy are standing. Like, that kind of mindset. But, um, I am wondering, like, he's not one of the prisoners. Like, how he got connected with them, or if he was one of the transports. Like, one of the people who, um, flew the prisoners to the rock, you know, just was one of those people. That's what I'm guessing. But, um... Yeah. Or if he bargained for his own life by saying, like, if you kill me, then there's no way that you're going to be able to fly this ship. And I thought, well, I want to talk, too, about Raven. Well, because Shaw's like, this is my plan, you know, about how we're going to do this. And they're kind of, (laughs) the three of them, kind of their banter trying to come up with it. And then Raven finally being like, you're going to like my plan the best. And so kind of this, okay, everybody just needs to realize that Raven Reyes has got it going on, and she really does have the best plan. Like, 99% of the time, you need to listen to Raven. And so I thought that was a great moment. 
Yeah. I just love any scene, really, with Raven in it. Lindsay Morgan does so great. Um, she's definitely one of my top three favorite characters, probably. If not my top favorite. <laughs> she's so good. So then mm-hmm. they disable the... Or they enable the missile. And Murphy runs to go find the others in the woods. Yeah, that was, I loved the scene where he hears, like, the bird call or whatever. He knows, like, it's them. Like, he stops and he's like, oh, can you imagine the games they had on the ship? Like, okay, this bird call means this. (laughs) This means hi. This means, like, over here. And can you just imagine, like, Echo and, like, maybe even Amori just kind of teaching, like, these Sky Kids bird calls. Oh, the hide-and-seek games they played on the ring. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Murphy, he gets found by Echo in them. And I really loved that reunion, because they are a family, no matter what um, thing, like, arguments they had on the ship. They really did bond up there. But then, like, he meets Maddie, and I just think that whole interaction with him and Maddie is hilarious. It's one of my favorite Maddie moments so far. <laughs> Can we just say... The best line of the whole episode was, who's the Hobbit? And that's officially what I'm going to call Maddie from now on. Like, she is now the Hobbit to me. She is not Maddie. The Hobbit. Best line ever. It is. And I also really loved, I laughed, I literally laughed out loud whenever um, her and, like, Murphy's sitting shotgun and she goes, so you're Murphy, like, I thought you'd be funnier. Which just goes to show that Clark thought Murphy was funny. If she told different (laughs) stories about him, which is, yeah. (laughs) And I love how Monty said, like, yeah, Clark told stories of us to Maddie. I just thought that was so precious. Yeah. And just showed how much, told them how much Clark missed them. Yeah. And how much they miss Clark because Mm -hmm. then, like, he and Harper and even Echo is like, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Basically. And then Maddie, of course, going back again, saying, well, Octavia is my favorite. Yeah. Which goes to show, again, her and Octavia are going to have a really interesting dynamic once they meet, which makes me very nervous um, (laughs) because of different things with Octavia. But before we get to Octavia, so Murphy, he can't go far because of the shock collar has a um, perimeter. And so he has to stay, and he's getting to be very, like, self-sacrificing. He's like, oh, just leave me behind. Just leave me here. Like, leave me on the ship with Raven. Leave me behind here. Y'all need to go. And I, I'm liking this new side of Murphy. But then Amori, of course, stays with him, which, I don't know, will cause all sorts of drama. <laughs> and yeah, that's true, that I was thinking yeah, something along I was those surprised. lines, too. And but I, I think like, Murphy and Amori... Stop blowing holes in my Raven ship! If Murphy ever become anything, Murphy and Amori, I think, have to get past, like, come to some conclusion um, to their relationship. So I think that's what this is. I don't think this is a rekindling. I think this is um, a wrap-up. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, I definitely think that the two of them being alone together, at least for the next episode Mm -hmm. um hopefully we'll get more closure and information about kind of what happened between them um in the ring Mm -hmm. and in the last six months because that is apparently about as long as they've been quote-unquote broken up so yeah it was (laughs) was interesting um murphy sacrificing himself is definitely to me a lot more endearing than Kane consistently trying to die. 
I definitely enjoy this a lot more. I feel like it, for me personally, it has a lot better payoff as a, you know, with Murphy as a... That's because Murphy was, yeah, Murphy was so awful in the beginning. Kane was, you know, insufferable in the beginning, but he wasn't as awful as Murphy, in my opinion. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, let's go ahead and transition to Octavia, because to me, Octavia is a blend, an intense blend, of Lexa and Jaha in her leading style, like, in some ways, because she, well, one, the cult, as Bellamy, or Clark, I forget which one said calls it, of one crew, um, is very similar to what Jaha wanted, like, City of Light to be, which is a united group, um, of people under a peaceful, full, quote-unquote, peaceful rule, and she directly quoted Lexa and something Jaha said. I wish I had written it down, like, like both in this episode and I think last episode as well, but she directly quoted both of them, and so I found that interesting. She has her own, like, leading style, but she definitely took elements of both of them, which just goes to show, like, what defines a leader, what makes a leader, and what uh, beliefs make a leader. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't even put that together. When she said, love is weakness, that instantly, like, rung a bell in me, but I didn't, bell in me, bell in me. That was funny. I didn't even mean to do that. Um, no comment. Um, so, yeah, oh my gosh. So, yeah, it, it instantly like kind of like rung a bell mm-hmm. in my mind that was like, oh, this has been said before on this show. But I didn't even put it together that that's something that Lexa said or was mm-hmm. told. She said it and then was told it by Titus the priest and then later decided, no, it's not. So I completely forgot about that. What... In general, like, what was she quoting from Jaha? See, that's the thing. I couldn't remember the exact um, thing she said. Um, I need to rewatch it again. But yeah, Love is Weakness was the Lexa. But what was it? What was it generally about? See, I can't see. I was watching it and like I didn't I was telling Krima earlier, like I didn't take notes during this episode. I just kind of wrote down everything I remembered after. So um, usually I write down direct quotes while I'm watching it, but it just kind of flew my head. I just remember she quoted or essentially paraphrased both of them in this episode. And um, I just can't remember. I need to rewatch it. <clears throat> I mean, she was definitely like harping back again to Bellamy about the whole like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're against me, then, like, you're my enemy. So kind of that whole, like, making death the enemy kind of thing, like what Jaha was saying right before he died. Um, but, yeah, I could definitely see that, the ruthless, the ruthlessness of it. Um, and then the whole, like, when Bellamy was sitting with her towards the end and she finally kind of decides to tell him that, like, I love you. And it was really sweet until it wasn't. (laughs) And it was like, but if you get in my way, basically if you get in my way, I'm going to kill you because, you know, the enemy of one crew, she says the enemy of one crew is my enemy, I think is basically what she said. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, and that means you'll be my enemy 
too. If you're an enemy of one crew, that means you'll be my enemy too, which hurts, but that was actually a really great scene. And then like Clark's face during it was like, man, and my heart broke for Bellamy though, because I'm like, oh, both him and Octavia have two very different views of how this world should be. And so, yeah, that hurts. So what do, let's talk about them in exile, kind of in the, they're like walking through the desert, the glass desert. That was intense. Yeah, that was. And then like the, the main like m- plot moving forward, the most, what was it? The most action filled part of the whole episode was those parasites. Those, I had to look away from every time. <laughs> It was so gross, like, I could see something was happening, like, in that one especially gross part, like, I was like, oh, I can't look, I know it's gonna happen, and so... It was gross! Uh. It was real gross. (laughs) Yeah, that was really, really gross. It was so gross. Where, yeah, where it, like, jumps out of his stomach, and it's like, alien! (laughs) That's what I was wondering. Yeah, I was was wondering if they... Well, yeah, then they put they it in a do... jar. Well, then they put <laughs> they it don't in a do jar, anything in so this show like, oh, unless man, it has a purpose. And so, yeah, now they have it, so they can use it as a weapon. Like, well, these parasites have more of a they role later, it. and like, how are they going to utilize them? Because it was such a strange, like, sort of one-off thing that happened. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they will use it later. But ugh, it just makes me shiver Probably. all over whenever I think about it. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. At least the one at least the one that um they captured they'll use. And I I think they'll probably use that against the camp or a particular individual. And I think it also gives them like one more reason not to go into the desert. Like one you're going to inhale glass. Yeah. And two I'm really scared all these, these deadly parasites this that are apparently living in the sand. Like, what's going to happen with her? Or created it's by not like the she had glass in her um, lungs. Yeah, that sounds fun. And then, like, oh, lots and that lots of fun. hurts so bad. I mean, hurts my heart. I mean, literally, it would hurt so bad. <laughs> but, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. How sweet was it? How sweet was it when she was like, I love you. When does that make me weak? When she t- so I was like, yes. It was so sweet. I mm-hmm. I just love her so much. And like she came a long way from like basically thinking Octavia was scum on the heel of her boot and that she was just like a nothing. They're like mother daughter. To- seeing yeah. her fight in the mud and deciding to make her her second and then to unmake her her second and then to basically she became Octavia second and now I don't know such a good yeah I don't know no. it was it was super sweet and I feel like it's not mm-hmm. like what she told Octavia is not really something that I think Indra would have said when we first met her I think that she would have had the same attitude that Lexa had where oh, definitely. The whole I think Indra's gotten softened is the right word, but like softened in the right ways. I don't know. Um, I, I definitely can't see her also, saying like, that. And then also, like she had like two, three that talk ago. with Bellamy, like saying, "I'm glad you're here for your sister. Your sister needs you." 
And uh, I just really love Indra, and she keeps saying these mm-hmm. things that make me scared for her character. <laughs> because when characters start saying things like this, it's like, oh, well, I don't know how much longer yeah. you are for this world. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, I'm wondering if or when Lincoln is going to get brought up again. And I, not that I want to keep beating a dead horse, you know, like, we know that he's dead. Like, we don't need to be reminded that he's dead. But I think it needs to be said at some point where... Who Octavia has become, is this somebody that Lincoln could Mm -mm. be proud of? Is this somebody that if he were still alive, that he would support? And I, I don't think the answer is yes. So I'm wondering if, I'm wondering if that's, I think if you said that, Somebody's going to say it. I feel like somebody, I think it has to be I feel like it would either point, be you know? Bellamy or Indra. Um, Bellamy, I don't know if it'd be that great of an idea. And whoever says it, God help them. Because, because not because of they're him. They're probably going to get run yeah, through because, by something sharp. Yeah, but, uh, that was um, a whole big thing. Yeah. I feel like Indra is probably the safest choice. Like, I feel like she wouldn't be completely killed. Yeah. She may get her head bit off, but I don't think. Yeah, con- or Clark. He definitely contributed. That's true. Bellamy was definitely a contributing factor. Relationship. I don't know what to call it. Or Clark. Mm-hmm. Maybe Clark. Yeah, I would really like... I would really like to see yeah, more I... Clark Octavia. I'd like to see more Clark in general, which is a weird thing for me to say. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Clark, but I'm not usually one that's like, I need more Clark, but... I think I need more Clark. You know, I think I would very much enjoy having more of her in these episodes. Um, I really liked yeah. her and Bellamy's moments kind of before they left. I liked her and Miller. It was so interesting to me, like, when Miller, when they were kind of still yeah. in Polis, and she was kind of calling out for Miller, and, like, he was just not listening to her, like... What, it was kind of that realization, like, whoa, like, Clark Griffin is no mm-hmm. longer your commanding officer. Like, Clark no longer, like, I think Clark has respect. Like, we respect you because of things that, I mean, she didn't really, she didn't do anything to get him into the bunker. So I guess that's a, like, I guess Space Crew has yeah. a lot more, like, respect and love for her still because what she did helped them get up in space yeah. But Clark really didn't do That's anything true. to But that help was just for her people. Yeah. If anything, she put them in I mean, other than I guess her biggest contribution was like trying to keep the door shut. Yeah. Um but even that didn't go her way because Yeah, so I, I don't think she has I guess it, it seems to me like she doesn't really have much pool anymore with one crew. And yeah, so, like, it killed Miller me just, that like, blatantly ignoring her, and then her Octavia really having to needs beg a slice and convince of humble them, pie, honestly, like, because hey, you need me. Like, yeah, she's been taking care of one up crew here? for like, years. Do you know what it's like out there? One can no, you don't. That even if and some so, of the way she did things was supposedly flawed, depending on your point of view. But um, Clark has lived out in this world for six years, and it was like Octavia wasn't listening to her. Um, 
Hardly. I mean, she sort of did, but she didn't really. And, like, speaking about pull, Bellamy doesn't have as much pull anymore either. Because Bellamy and Clark were the leaders, and now they're just sort of there. <laughs> yeah, they're the outsiders. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. The Outsiders. And then um, let's talk about their conversation by the fire. They've had a couple different really good conversations. Their conversation by the fire where Clark is kind of commenting on how beautiful yeah. kind of their new culture is in a way. Or parts of their new culture is. Kind of commenting on that saying. I think this mm-hmm. is after that one guy died. And they were kind of like... It was either after he died or when yeah, he was still, I like, inside, right. like on, kind of, like, on out, the because the person was in him. It, but, yeah. So, their new saying <laughs> is, um, all of me for all of us. Something like that. Yeah. I'm not going to even say it, and I'm not even going to say it in their language, but kind of commenting on that. And then another really cute kind of nice moment where Mm -hmm. Clark is mentioning to Bellamy that she notices how much he's changed. We've talked about how much Bellamy has changed this season from Mm -hmm. past seasons. And (laughs) it's nice to see that Clark says it too. And then they're kind of exchanged where one of their very last conversations before they were separated, you know, the head and the heart, which is not just a great band, but... Yeah. And he... Made it. I do really They're love. They have some great like fireside deal, moments. You know that he needs to be <laughs> just both. little chats. And but, you um, know she also needs to be both. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I really like anymore, how Clark. She ever was. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I feel like a lot of them. Octavia is still pretty one track minded, but I feel like all the others have become a little bit more complex and layered as they grow throughout all these years. I feel like Clark hasn't had as much of an opportunity to grow in some ways because she was only around Maddie. I think she's had time to think because whenever they landed on the ground in season one, she has not had time really to stop and think until really this, you know, until really she, they all, everyone, there was no one left on earth essentially. (laughs) So she hasn't had like any type of peace, but I think that six years of peace for space crew and Clark has changed them. And kind of uh, softened them in different ways. Because the Bunker crew, mm-hmm. um, they didn't really get peace that much. But they became unified in a way. And I don't know. I like Clark was the one who observed it and pointed it out. It kind of made me think of old Clark. How she was a bit more open-minded. And yeah. And she had a bigger heart, essentially. Um before she had to be more of the the mind or the head, as they call it. But yeah, I like old Clark is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Later on, she became a bit more frustrating to me, but I still enjoyed her. Yeah. 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 It was definitely really good. Um, so then why don't we jump all the way to the end where I'm so sorry. they got, they had that no, really awesome, um, I almost couldn't really tell like what they times. were doing. 
how they were getting through that storm. But they all... Yeah, don't actually pause it. Yeah. Okay, let me call her real quick. Sorry. Be right back. No worries. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> the ending. Okay, all right, go ahead. Do I need to clap or? Well, there was a long beat of silence. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna go back and start again where we were talking about. Okay. Them getting through the standstorm. Yeah. No, no, just wait a second so that, because I, I take out all of the long pauses. So let's talk about kind of going right into the ending where I couldn't really tell what they were doing at first, but how they got through that sandstorm or the glass storm, it was kind of really cool. And Octavia was kind of out yeah. of commission because she had one of the parasites in her, but they were like all huddled together, like super close, kind of with their heads down and their backs to all the wind, basically. And they weren't moving; yeah. they were just like standing in one place, it was, right? It was like a turtle. Like they were a just kind of like shell. all huddled together so that they're yeah. trying to but, um, make it so that also the glass in that doesn't. Moment was whenever Shaw didn't kill them, even though they did lose a few people. Missile, I don't remember how many but people. But he obviously died, redirected but... it and didn't kill them. Yeah. See, well, wouldn't it? Maybe. I'm a little confused about what happened. <laughs> did he, though? Yeah. Maybe they have a limited number. I don't number. know. Or did he just shoot the tents? Regardless, <laughs> Dioza was yeah. dumb for not making him shoot another one. He, she was yeah. like, oh, it's fine. The cockroach and I'm like, is probably dead. 
nobody like nothing good happens after you say this is fine i would know <laughs> right she's like no it's good yeah. you probably got it it's fine we yeah don't need to, yeah no more missiles you would you would potentially not yeah like you would potentially not yeah. need any more prob- missiles there's probably more people after that, like in asia right? or something <laughs> because those are all the warriors you wouldn't need any more after I that hopefully if there's only like 300 people left on earth you don't need any more missiles <laughs> chilling out yep Who knows? Octavia is making threats to her brother. Um, Yeah. So then, you know, they're all kind of chilling out on the sand. And then (laughs) they decide, yeah, they're just chilling out, recovering from all the glass that they inhale. (laughs) Octavia's arm is hurt. Yeah, she threatens to kill her brother. And then they're like, okay, I guess we got to go back. Time to go back to Polis. And it's like... Okay, ah. so we just went through all that, um, and we're gonna <laughs> go back now. Okay, that's cool. That's totally mm-hmm. fine. It's totally fine. But then at least the rover shows up to kind of shake things up a little bit, and so the rest of one crew is reunited with space crew. We get a Maddie Clark reunion, which is really sweet. Um, Monty and Harper get out, and they're just kind of like, what? <laughs> And then <laughs> Echo comes out, and she and Bellamy, yeah, it was, listen, y'all, you know, I don't care, y'all but Lark Shippers, I'm one of y'all, but Becco is cute. It's cute. As long as it lasts, mm-hmm. I think it's cute. And so it was just really sweet. Um, two major observations. One, Octavia is pissed. She's mad, and Echo knows it. I don't <laughs> even think it's, family. Like, it's a combination of you're not even supposed to be alive right now, and you are making out with my brother, <laughs> who I just said I love and threatened at the same time, literally like three seconds ago. So I think she is thinking... Yeah, I think um, <laughs> Octavia is definitely thinking about making good on that promise right about now. Other thing, which... I think the majority of the internet, yeah, because the majority of the internet definitely watches the show, like the entire internet. Um, the majority of the 100 fans, at least that I saw on Twitter, the most important part of the yeah. entire episode was Bellamy and Echo run and embrace and they kiss, but the way that it's shot, the camera is not focused. One, the shot isn't even centered. So... Or, like, yep. Bellamy and Echo are not even centered in it. So the fact that they kiss isn't the... It's clearly not the most important part of that shot. So yeah. you have, like, them off to the side, cameras unfocused. What the camera is focused on is <laughs> and Clark that's imp- seeing them yeah, on the and right that side was, of the frame. That's really and important so that they actually like, showed it. They didn't Clark have to definitely show it, noticed, that means there's and a reason why. she looked mostly like, composed, it, yeah. but was kind of and like, so, um, huh? That... Yes. I was not expecting that. <laughs> yes. Super intentional. Super intentional. Because otherwise, like, why would... Why would we see... Mm-hmm. Like, Clark wouldn't care. Because Clark doesn't have the same reasons to... Because Clark knew that Echo was alive... Clark knew that Echo was going into space. Clark is not like Octavia. 
Clark doesn't have yeah. any reason to really hate Echo. I think she's had as much time as anybody else, other than Octavia, to forgive Echo or come to terms with it because she clearly didn't have a problem with her coming up to space with them. Um, so, yeah, so she, yeah. Doesn't have, one, she doesn't have the same vendetta. So her realizing that They've it's been not talking even about her realizing things. that Echo is alive, but yeah. her realizing that Echo and Bellamy are together, which Bellamy neglected to mention. Not that they've had a whole lot of time to discuss their personal lives, but, yeah. you know, it was just super intentional. Yeah, there's like, there have been like so many other things going on right now. Like, are we really going to sit down? Because really, they haven't even had yeah. that much time to talk about Maddie and like their relationship. Um, like Clark and Maddie's relationship. They kind of kind of touched on it about, you know, how did you get through it? You know, how did you survive? And she, you know, she mentions, you know, I'm not alone. You know, how he survived. You know, he had his friends. And then later, you know, one of those friendships turned out to be more than friendship, which I hope, I know a lot of people are, are like really salty about it, but I'm really excited to see kind of more about the two of them and just space crew in general and kind of what has happened to them over the last few years. Yeah, we need space crew flashback and I want a dark year flashback, which I'm sure we're going to get. I know we're going to get. I'm just a little bit impatient. Well, um, what do you think's going to happen in the next episode based on the promo? Well, it looks like Dioza is trying to recruit. It looks like she is trying to offer peace offerings. I'm not really sure if they're peace offerings, but trying mm-hmm. to get more of trying to convince people in one crew to kind of join them. I think she's definitely trying to follow the advice of Kane. I think Kane is going to be an advisor to her in a way. <laughs> and I think Octavia is not going to be happy about it. I think that she's going to think, I think she already thinks he's a traitor because of what he did for Abby. Um, but now she's going to think he's a big fat traitor. And so that's, gonna be uh yeah a major rift um i don't know i can't really predict anything else other than that you know the promos that they show us are so short i know there was a moment and i can't remember i should have watched it before we started this where someone's holding a knife to someone else's neck do you remember that that's the moment that i remember the most and i feel like gaia gaia had a big role of it like indra was upset with gaia about something We'll find out more about, Gaia. I think in the future episodes coming up, it'll be interesting to find out more about Gaia. And then also, do you remember that boy that was like Jaha's adopted son, Ethan? So we were thinking at the beginning of the season that Maddie and Ethan would like become friends because they're near the same age, right? And so Ethan was an acolyte, I believe is what uh, Gaia called him in their order. And so... uh, It'll be interesting to see this new generation of grounders, one crew, kind of um, have their moments. Because we've seen kind of the same age so far. We haven't really seen that many young ones. Except for in season three with the um, kids who were fighting to be the next commander, which was super sad. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see the young ones kind of come up. And I'm not that big a fan of Gaia. But I do kind of want to see what she's up to because she seems yeah. pretty intense as well. 
and I'm curious about what her her order or whatever it's called has evolved into. Yeah, I'm not really her biggest fan either, but I'm like you. I'm interested to see where she's landed. Um, she's like hardcore Blood Drana one crew. Yeah, cult person. <laughs> she seems like she's really intense into it. So. Um, yeah, that's gonna be fun, and I, you know, I think this episode will, or the next episode, we'll get um, a Maddie Octavia introduction. I can't call it a reunion because they've never met, but Maddie will finally get to meet her hero, and so that could be pretty cool. Yeah, it's not. Whenever you meet your hero, it's never what you think it's going to be, usually. So. I think there will be some form of hero worship for a little while until maybe she gets disenchanted and yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely going to be the case, especially because we know, or we've seen that Maddie is kind of a pure soul and she doesn't, she doesn't seem like the person, she doesn't want to kill anybody. I think if we've been talking about how ruthless Clark is um, or how ruthless Clark was like in episode two, then her reaction to Octavia, who I think is even more ruthless than that. Clark, I don't know, Clark and Octavia both being ruthless leaders, but ruthless for different reasons. I don't know. That's gonna, yeah, that could be an interesting comparison. We will find out, that is for sure. Okay, well, I think that's all the time that we have for today, and I think we've kind of covered all of the exciting bits if there's anything that we missed anything that you want us to mention definitely let us know in the comments or on twitter if you enjoyed this episode please like us rate us leave a comment share us with your friends we are on soundcloud as well as itunes um and yeah so jessica why don't you let everybody know where they can find us online all right well both karima and i have twitters karima is at Never Come Monday on Twitter, and I am J Laurie Writes, J L A U R I E W R I T E S, and I'm also on Instagram. I have a bookstagram, and it's called Jessica Laurie Books. So you can find us on there. Let us know um, your thoughts of the hundred or any other shows. We like watching other things besides the hundred too. <laughs> so yeah, definitely let us know what you're watching. Mm-hmm. Let us know your opinions on the hundred and your thoughts on our podcasts. Yeah, because as we move on, we're going to start to think about other things that we want to talk about on the cinema roll. This isn't just a 100 podcast. Um, we won't be here next week, so we won't be recording next week, but we will be back with episode six. Okay, enjoy your extended holiday weekend, everybody. See you next time. This has been the Cinnamon Roll. Bye.